Welcome back to Theory and Theology. I got another cultural religion kind of topic. Um, Kind of like a time period thing. So a lot of holidays just passed. Um, For the Lunar um, New Year, the Jewish New Year. Um stuff leading up to it and you know it's come and gone um so Rosh Hashanah is over Yom Yom Kippur is over um I talked about um uh Sukkot and I want to talk a little bit about Simchat Torah and Parsha readings I guess um, so basically, at the end of um, of Simchat Torah, sorry, at the end of Sukkot, um, like if you if you were able to follow and and uh, find that movie Ush um, Pizin. If you're able to watch that movie Ushpazine, that that is a good example of a movie representing the holiday of Sukkot. Um, pretty much the whole thing is is around um the start during and I guess pretty much the breakdown of of Sukkot. And then so this year, just to re- recap um, Rosh Hashanah was from sunset, um, September 25th of 2022, um, ending on, um, nightfall of September 27th of 2022. So that was the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. Meaning Rosh, Rosh, Rosh is head, Ha is uh is the, and Shana is year, um head the year head of the year, um so the head of the year is the month called Tishrei, and <clears throat> so Tishrei one, uh and Tishrei two. Um, those already occurred. Um, and they say that, you know, there's the day of Adam and Eve's creation and no work. Um, and then, you know, there's all these readings, uh, from... Isaac's birth, um, and Ishmael, and that's for day one's readings, as well as the Haftar readings of the birth of Samuel, um, to, uh, Baron Hana, and then, 
you have uh, the second day's readings, which are um, the story of Isaac being bound and Re- and Rebecca um, <clears throat> and I guess Rebecca being born and then um, the book of Jeremiah for the Haftarah. It's a part about uh, God's love and about Rachel then Yom Kippur happened. Um, that's the Day of Atonement. Sukkot was um seven days, October ninth of twenty twenty two through October sixteenth of twenty twenty two. So that was from Tishrei 15, this year of 2022 is considered now, um, since this Rosh Hashanah passed, it is now 5783, so 5783. Sukkot, otherwise called um, the Feast of Tabernacles or Festival of Booths, um... It's a holiday that's about gathering of harvest and to commemorate um, people dwell in what's called a a sukkah. And also there's a commemoration of God's protection when the Israelites left Egypt. Um, And so that goes on for a while um a lot of the readings were from Leviticus and Zechariah. Uh the Parsha during that time was during the book of Numbers 29. And then for the people who like the New Testament, there's a story of Jesus um and his interaction with this festival in the book of John. Um and then um, comes the holiday Simchat Torah, or the joy of the Torah, or rejoicing in the Torah. Um, that holiday is October, or was October 18th of 2022. And then the beginning of the readings of... Uh, the Parsha beginning again is um, from October 22 of 2022. And so that's kind of the timeline. So in the timeline, if you're following like what what Jesus would have been maybe experiencing during this timeline... There's this story in the book of John, like I mentioned, that has Jesus in there. Um, He's basically, it's a very complex story. Um, It doesn't seem complex sometimes, but it kind of is. So, it's basically... I got a lot of pages to flip here. Um, It's 
it seemed like a short story and then it kind of just kept going. So, let me see. The part of the story that I, where I started reading it, um, was, uh, uh, let me see. trying to see where it kind of starts um pretty much at the beginning of chapter seven um like in verse two it says now the festival now the jewish festival of booths was near um some people say festival of tabernacles um so you see him going um in secret to um, after saying that he was going to remain in Galilee, um, after his brothers left to go to the festival, Jesus went as well, um, to go to Judea for the festival. And then at that time, you see a lot of conversation, um, between Jesus and you know others like during the during the um festival during the middle of the festival all the way till the last final um climactic day of the festival and then near that time period that's where Simchat Torah would be um and then that would be similar to kind of near the time period we're at now because after Simchat Torah becomes the start of the reading of the Parsha um starting basically the Torah reading all over again from the beginning of Genesis and so um just kind of like a history timeline if you were comparing that history to like now nowadays history that's kind of like the last holidays that just happened um from the beginning of the Jewish New Year um all the way through till now where we're at the point where um this current Sabbath is the is was called Parsha's Bereshis is like the very first beginning um I think it goes to chapter six or so I don't know where where it ends. Um, I don't have the book like right in front of me or the website in front of me, but I know the last reading that I saw that was supposed to be, I guess, for Friday. Um, I don't know if that was Friday night. It looked like it was chapter five through some amount, some chunk of reading. Um. So basically. The whole story where Jesus is involved during Sukkot basically has him talking to crowds. Uh, There's all this uh, conversation about um, circumcision and the Sabbath and, um, you know, the laws and 
you know, the Messiah, is he the Messiah, is he a prophet, like, what is going on here, who is this person, you know, there's this combination of, uh, I'm, I'm not going to talk in too much detail about this, but basically the crowds, the Pharisees, um, people having different beliefs, Jesus' brothers, um, there's a lot of people playing roles in this, um, and, you know, there's a certain point where, you know, the temple police start getting involved with the Pharisees and they want Jesus to get arrested. They're trying to arrest him based on, you know, them saying that, you know, there's this division in the people, you know, that the Messiah doesn't come from Galilee and you know, Jesus wasn't born in Galilee. Uh, they say that, you know, the Messiah is supposed to come from Bethlehem. Uh, where David was born, um, and, you know, so there's some division over all of this belief, and then, um, basically what happens is the, the temple police, and there's, like, the chief of priests and the Pharisees, um, they want to know, you know, why, you know, um, why he wasn't arrested, and, you know, basically the temple police say, you know, they haven't heard anybody ever speak like this before. Um, and then what happens is, um, you know, Nicodemus starts saying, you know, you know, with our culture, you know, we we have to have a hearing, you know, we have to have a hearing to find out um, what they're doing, you know, like um saying that Nicodemus mentioning that the law doesn't judge people without first giving them a hearing um to kind of find out what's going on um and so you know the the Pharisees reply in in anger towards Nicodemus saying you know like are you also from Galilee like kind of like you know, like, are you siding with him? And if you look at this, at Nicodemus, um, he was a Pharisee. Um, he came to, um, Jesus earlier in the book of John. I don't know exactly where, um, let me see, probably... In chapter 3, at the beginning of chapter 3, Nicodemus comes to Jesus, um, and, you know, Nicodemus basically mentions, um, that, saying, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, because nobody can do those types of signs that Jesus was doing, and, you know, he mentions we, like, as in plural, and traditionally, it's taught that, you know, there's some reason why Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Um, people imply that, you know, he he was at he was going at night so he wouldn't be seen. Um, so Nicodemus makes that comment and there's not a lot more comments from Nicodemus. Um, but he basically says you know, Jesus starts telling you, telling uh, Nicodemus 
about, um, you know, that no one has seen the kingdom of God without being born from above. And Nicodemus is confused, like, you know, like, how can someone who's old go back into their mother's womb? And Jesus kind of goes on this long explanation of things um, without directly answering the question, saying, um, you know, no one can enter the kingdom without being born of water and spirit or wind or I don't know. There's something with these words of like wind and water and spirit and um, all this type of terminology and Nicodemus doesn't really you know understand any of that um and Jesus just keeps going there's like multiple paragraphs where Jesus just keeps on talking I'm assuming he's still talking to Nicodemus um so that was basically before this time period um and then during the time period that would be kind of near where we're at now, um, there was other stuff happening where Jesus was already kind of in trouble. Um, but yeah, like if you see Nicodemus, he's a very interesting character. There's some, you know, there's some, there's some, uh, some teachings that Jesus was a Pharisee. I don't know how accurate that is or inaccurate that is. Um, but people say that his teachings, a lot of what he says is from Hillel and, you know, this Pharisaic, uh, school of teaching. And he was a Pharisee, which is why you always see him talking to the Pharisees um, why he was always kind of like around them, um, was because he was one, but I don't really know. I don't really know how to even tell if that was true or not, or if that's relevant. Um, people say, you know, because he was, uh, kind of like, like we, when we read the Bible, a lot of times in the New Testament, um, we kind of read it from like, you know, Jesus like reprimanding and like, you know, scolding the Pharisees, but like someone else mentioned, you know, this is the way you argue with friends. This is the way you kind of debate and banter with like friends, people, you know, people you're deeply acquainted with. You're having like these deep debates about stuff you're not necessarily like arguing and saying like you're wrong you're wrong um but more so like we talk about this all the time let's have a a philosophical discussion about this deep topic um so that's what they say Jesus was doing um whenever he was like interacting with these pharisees um, kind of similar to how you see him interacting with Nicodemus, just kind of like there's this teaching that Jesus is talking about, these things that the Pharisee um, doesn't really seem to understand, like where, you know, um, where he got this, where, like, he's just like, I've never heard, 
I don't understand. I I don't really understand this, you know, and but he does say that they believe that, you know, he they call he calls him rabbi and says we do believe um that you're sent from God. And so it's kind of like, well, we believe, but I also don't understand what you're saying and your comments and there was a lot um that Jesus had to say um I don't sometimes I can't connect the dots it's it feels like when I read something that somebody says or you know talking to Jesus and then Jesus starts talking it's like it feels like he's not even talking about the same thing sometimes like Nicodemus mentioned something about you know Jesus being you know uh, sent from God and then Jesus starts talking about something that doesn't seem that related um, about being born again and all these different types of uh, types of things um, that Nicodemus wasn't aware of and the interesting thing is is like if you're a Pharisee you're very well studied like you you spend your time studying that's your profession pretty much is you know studying the religion and so for someone to say something that you don't understand sounds like it would be really complex and for Jesus to be saying all these things that other Pharisees were kind of like wait a second like you know um pressuring not to believe and Nicodemus did believe and a lot of the crowds believed and they were saying basically well the the crowds you know the argument um during that time that the Pharisees and the temple police and all these people that were trying to get Jesus arrested um the argument that they had against him was basically that he was um that well the argument that they said is like okay the crowds aren't educated about this like we are so of course they believe and it's like why would we believe you know um it's kind of but it seems kind of like a not so truthful thing if Nicodemus earlier came up saying we believe um it it seems like you know people were kind of uh talking out of anger or something and I, I get it. I've been there before. You know, I've had experiences with church people, um, religious people, where you're in a group of people of a religion and you're the same religion and they open like they open up a discussion and I've gone off, you know, I've like it wasn't like something I would typically do, but I remember once being you know, seated at this table with a bunch of pastors and the pastor that I knew who I went to church with was kind of like, you know, you guys are younger, you know, we were much younger. Um, so the people that they chose from our church to go to these things, we were all like way younger, like 30 years younger than these people at the least. And, you know, I was seated at a table with a bunch of people who were way older than me just sitting there just like dominating the conversation with these topics that were just really kind of like pushing people's nerves you know like I was like 
kind of digging into to the culture of things um probably out of anger but I wasn't very connected to that but I definitely uh part of me almost regrets it and then another part of me is like no maybe I was actually saying what I actually needed to say and maybe they actually needed to hear that but I I remember saying some things along the lines of you know how can churches push homeless people out how can churches, you know, not be loving towards other people? Um, I made a comment about like, you know, like how, how do you really love your neighbor? Like, does that sound realistic? You know, if there's someone that you don't like, um, how do you actually love that person? You know, if there's someone that you really just don't like, like, you know, like really, like, are you really gonna, really love them like it's one thing to tolerate them it's one thing to like not be rude or mean or just like get along and force it it's another thing to actually like actively love somebody that you really don't like um when you love somebody you treat them way differently than you treat somebody that you don't that you don't love um like when you love people you want to keep in touch with them you want to be around them you know, um, you want to stay connected with them. You don't want to be like distant and like ignoring them and avoiding them. Like usually when you're, when you're, you know, not interested in being in touch with somebody, you just aren't. And when you don't like them, you know, you're not going to go out of your way to treat them like you really want to be in touch and be in contact and like hanging out and stuff. Um, And it's one thing to love your neighbor. It's another thing to love your enemy. Those are kind of two different things. Um, But yeah, like... um, You know... There was that question in the Bible, too, where they said, you know, who is my neighbor? You know, it's like that's a pretty deep question you know it's like yeah that's what I would want to know too it's like who are these people exactly you know that uh we need to be doing all this loving towards but um yeah I remember kind of just like digging in on some on some topics to a point where I could just sense that like people didn't know how to comment they were kind of trying to like not comment um, I was being a jerk, you know, um, I'm not like, it it wasn't like the proudest moment I've ever had, but it was also just like, I was just debating with people and I don't know where that came from. Like, I wasn't mad. I don't think I wasn't like intentionally upset at anybody specific, but definitely there was a lot of stuff coming out that I was a little surprised about and, I didn't really think much of it until later. Like, it was later on when I started remembering that experience. And I was like, oh, gosh, like, why was I acting like that? I was being such a jerk, you know? Um, But, you know, I clearly had some things going on. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if if it's a discussion like that, you know, where you see, like, I'm not, like, comparing myself to Jesus. I'm just saying, like, if you've been around people who are, like, ultra-religious people and you kind of can see 
how some of the ways are kind of just not helping out any part of society as well as the community of people and you see that it's causing people pain you know and you you know you feel like you want to speak up about it and you're given the floor to speak up about it um and then you decide to speak up about it um that's kind of like what I can relate to like it's kind of that type of experience where you're just like okay, like you guys are the leaders and you're ahead of me, but you're also asking these questions. So of course I'm going to answer them, you know? And it's like, was it that, you know, was Jesus doing that kind of thing? But from an actual, like, you know, perspective of someone who learned and everything, um, was he doing that kind of thing or was he doing, um, another kind of thing? Uh, was he, um, you know, actually, you know, closely friends with these people, with these Pharisees? Was he actually a Pharisee? Was it like somewhere in between these extremes? Um, I don't really know. Like, some of this is just really new information to me. I don't really know. Um, I mean, the stories themselves aren't necessarily new to me, but... Um, doing this kind of process of like connecting maybe like current time periods and like his current like uh commemorative like dates of things and like stories in the Bible. Um, that's not really something I'm used to doing, like looking at okay, what was Jesus doing in this time period or like what was happening in history in this time period. So you know, moving a little forward with, um, say, Simchat Torah is done. We're now starting the beginning of, uh, of, uh, you know, the beginning of Genesis. <sighs> All I can do is just, just breathe deeply and take deep breaths. Like, I, I, I feel like I started this podcast with Genesis, with, like, talking, I think it was, like, talking about like bell and the dragon and like the apocrypha or something and now we're all the way over again to you know the book of genesis and i'm still not any more clear on it today than i was then um you know now i'm not gonna read the whole thing but even if um even focusing on the first day is already complicated. So the first day is the first five verses of the Bible. Um, the second day is verses six through eight. Um, I mean, it's just, it's a lot, guys. Uh, to me, it feels to be a lot. Um, you know, for me, the first sentence already gets complicated because of the word of the name of God. Like, is it even plural? I don't even know. Um, so basically, it just talks about the heavens and the earth. So that's kind of like two separate things, heaven and earth, right? Um, and just these words of the earth being a formless void and darkness covering the face of the deep 
Um, and then there was a spirit of God or the wind from God sweeping over the face of the waters. It's like, okay, let, let's, let's stop there. <laughs> it's kind of like, I get a little like, okay, that's a lot of different things happening considering that nothing exists um so it's kind of like that part already just confuses me because it's like if you say the earth was formless a formless void or if it was formless and void I mean I've seen like different versions of of it uh written um but basically for something to be formless and void what is it like what it what is it like if you have like a solid object right that's not necessarily void and it's not formless um uh, it might be like looking like some kind of weird rock or something but like how can something be formless and void like how can it be empty you're empty and without form without shape so something without shape that's completely empty. I mean, how do you make something out of that? Like, it's basically nothing. Like, what's the difference between formless and void or a formless void and nothing? Like, I don't know the difference. Um... I mean, if something's formless, I don't know if that means shapeless or doesn't hold a form. I don't really know what that word means. Um, and if it's void, I mean, the void is basically like a hole, right? Um void means nothing void means zero um there's nothing there um um but there was darkness and there was deep as well i don't know how something can be deep i, I don't know that seems like a distance right um something being deep but darkness okay but, uh, so there was darkness over the deep, whatever the deep was. I don't know what the deep was, but there was something that was deep, which was maybe the void was deep. I don't know. Um, and somehow, you know, God is hovering over or sweeping over or the spirit of God is or the wind of from God or whatever it is um is sweeping over the face of the waters so I'm already you know this second verse is already just like waters like how's there water if there's something that's formless if there's something that's void and it's got deep and it's got darkness but there's water um and then that's when God creates light. So that's what to me is interesting is a lot of times we focus on, you know, God creating light and separating the light from the darkness. And then, yeah, we say there's evening and there's morning and that was the first day. 
But then, like, how was there the first day when there was no sun and there was no moon and there was no stars? What is this day? Um, and what, why is there all this other stuff there? Like, there's already stuff, right? Water is something. Um, and if something is deep, I mean, that implies maybe that there's some shallow other, like, everything can't be deep. Right? Like, there has to be some shallow portion to compare something to if there's depth there. Like, you think of a canyon, it can be a deep canyon, but there's still, like, you know, a shelf of a canyon. There's still, you know, the top of the canyon. Um, I mean, and then there's water. There's already water there. Water's there before the sun and the moon are even created uh before the stars are even created i mean the stars are basically like a form of the sun like the sun is a star so let's just say the stars and the moon i guess technically but our sun and and other stars and the moon um our moon um i don't know but I don't understand how how there would already be water. Like, there was already water there. Um, and, yeah, if you start moving forward to the second day, um, God starts separating the waters from the waters. Um, um, separating the waters from, um, above and below the dome, making a dome and separating the waters above and below it. So it's like, God never said, let there be water. He said, let there be light, but um he separated the water like the water was already there before the light and the light was already there before the sun and the moon it's just like this whole this just sequence of things just goes like that to me is already too much of a of a of a comp- complicated start <laughs> um you know, some people are just like, just read it. You just read it and you just go and read it with the flow. And I'm just like, I'm not reading with the flow. Like, this is just, it's a lot to try to think about, like, what was actually happening here. Um, And it's kind of just an interesting thing because it's like, you don't really think about it too much sometimes. Like, it's just easy to read and then it's kind of like, what is actually happening here? Like, I can't quite wrap my finger around what exactly is going on in the in this story, in this uh, creation story. Um, even at the very, very beginning of the first two days, um, you know, it's just a lot. It's a lot going on, and um, you know, I'm not mad at it. Um, but it's just, 
super complex, you know. Um, it sounds like there was already some form of foundation um, that maybe God created all that and then, you know, was was using those to build it seems like he was building off of everything that was made before um to build into the next kind of things um day by day but in six days I mean um and in the bible a lot of times with these numbers six is considered is not considered a, a good number um, seven is considered a holy number. And so the creation story has seven days, um, at the beginning of creation, but only six of the days was God actually making stuff. So I don't know if I'm going to keep recording about Genesis and all that. Um, but basically, it's just kind of, you know, something I wanted to talk about with a, with a bit of a historical timestamp to it. Um, just, you know, this time of year, I really like to keep in mind kind of connection with the seasons change, changing the sun going down so dang early, like a little after 6 p.m. and there's already it's already dark and you know a little um after 7 a.m. the sun finally decides to come out it's like you know I was already waking up when it's dark but now I'm waking up and it's like it's like always dark and then after I finish work it's like there's just a couple hours and then it's dark again it's like you know, I miss the sun coming out at the sun staying out to like eight thirty, at like eight thirty p.m. and like being able to go to the beach after taking a nap after work. It's like I miss that. You know, I miss, I miss longer days. Um, at least we're having a lot of sun, but you know the cloudy the cloudiness is coming back. We don't get the fall changing leaf colors, but um. It really does bring me to um, a lot of, because uh, it's Halloween season, um, it really does bring me to, you know, that, I don't want to call it a focus, but kind of like, you know, um, the history of, of Christianity and, you know, the mainstream religion of our of our country even though you know we're not really having to be christians or anything like that but it's like you know um a lot of what was i guess uh considered more official was based on kind of like christian kind of um values and traditions um i mean traditionally we get christian holidays off right um i mean we get federal holidays too but we get christian and federal holidays we're not getting muslim days we're not getting jewish days i mean we might get jewish days depending where you work 
And I think, um, at least where I live and, and work, I think if you have certain religious uh, days you work, um, uh, certain religious days you work, um, um, you know, according to what your religion is, um, you're allowed to kind of take days off if you need to, um, but yeah, so it's, it's definitely, um, like, a lot, there's always a lot happening this season, and, um, I do find it interesting, but usually if I'm going to start studying, like, paganism, like, usually it happens around this time of year, and I've never really done a combination of kind of jumping back and forth between different things, um, so I'm kind of liking that a lot, actually. It's fun for me, even though it's, like, I kind of wish I could have like a cohesive post or like a playlist of certain topics and just put those topics in categories in those playlists. Um, I don't think this app is really set up to do that. Um, And I don't have like a full website developed to make like different tabs or anything. So... Yeah, I'm not going to go that far. That just sounds like a lot to do for something that I just want to post real quick. But, um, all right, guys, so that is it for now. And thanks for listening.